Hi, I'm Rui Branco. Welcome to Talking Usework, a podcast brought to you by the Future Labs Project. Talking Usework is a series of 15 podcast interviews to usework experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in usework either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on use trends or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can use workers shake up, upgrade and innovate on their daily work. Hello. Today we were talking with Gabby Steinsprints and Gabby actually was doing a key action to a strategic partnership of Erasmus Plus, just like we are doing here in Future Labs. But her project was focused on creative learning environments. What are the conditions for them to happen? How can we create them? And they focused on developing escape rooms as a methodology for non-formal education. And it was really cool to hear a talk about the kind of escape rooms they developed and how they included the educational part in it. So I really hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, this episode. And well, let's talk youth work. Hi, Gabby. Good morning. Hi, Anita. Hi, Rui. Hi. <laughs> so we are here right now, me and Rui in Lisbon. Gabby is in the Netherlands. Uh, a lot of heat, I hear, up there. Yes. 32 degrees. <laughs> My God, well, you can yeah. send it down here. Um, by the way, this probably will be released, this episode will be released later on, but we are taping it in July, in the summertime. So we are sitting in our houses trying to escape the heat. Uh, Gabi, the first question I would make to you is, how did you start getting involved um, in youth work and interested in these creative approaches to education with young people? Well, I got into youth work a bit by accident, or maybe not by accident, mm -hmm. because um, I was just uh, finished my uh, university, um, started a family. So I was here, a young mother with two kids, and I was a bit bored and and I didn't want to go into that lifestyle. So I went volunteering in a youth center in Amsterdam, uh -huh. in the north part of Amsterdam, in a youth club. And uh, there I got in the board, and there we organized all kinds of activities. And that's where my youth work started uh, for, for many, many years as a, as a freelancer, as a volunteer. And then... Um, In 2005, I became a coordinator of a community center uh, where I worked with all kinds of ages, but also with young people. And um, since three years as a freelance trainer and youth worker. And creative uh, element has always been my interest. I uh, did um, the art academy. So I have a creative uh, artistic background. And um, I think I creativity was always very much my passion. I also believe that people are um, not using their creativity enough. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited if I uh, can in, um, empower people or inspire people to, to find their way back to their creativity. Um, and, okay. and so already in, in my youth center where I worked as a volunteer, I think I started with this using creativity uh, as an as, um, educational tool. 
Um, but uh, lately in my trainer work, I use it more and more. Mm -hmm. And in that time, what kind of tools were you using with young people or methods or approaches? Do you remember any? Well, I, I remember we did one project. It was, uh, um, yeah, it was a Dutch expression, which is uh, art, just look at it. But it was also, it meant the same thing in Dutch to uh, just let it be. Uh, and it was uh, because young people were looking at art as it was always with a big K, as we call it. You know, it was something very elite and something far away. So we did a project using uh, or uh, involving uh, artists to to decorate the whole youth center with art made by the young people, by the visitors. So, and that was a very interesting project. And and so people discovered their artistic and their creative parts. And uh, yeah, artists were helping to to un unlock this creativity. And that was, for example, one thing. And then we did quite a lot of projects in, in youth exchanges uh, where we used, for example, Art to be Included was a, a series of projects where we used theater and circus and all kind of other arts to, uh, to talk about social inclusion. Uh, so we made a, a, a big street, uh, street art production with local community in the village where I live, that kind of mm -hmm. things. That's really interesting. And so, what what I've what I've come to know from you is that more recently you were involved in a big international project, the Key Action Two, funded by Erasmus Plus as well, like this one, like Future Labs, the one we are making the podcast for. Uh, and you were exploring the potential of escape rooms exactly. as a pedagogical tool. Yes. So. Explain me that, because I think that's really creative and really a fetch. How, how did you come to that? Well, um, there were two things. Uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm a game addict. Uh, so I, I love all <laughs> kinds of games, whatever uh, challenge, a bit of competition and um, uh, mystical things. Uh, I, I'm in for it. So um, I have always been very interested in games, gamification. And uh, on my 50th birthday, I got uh, from my family, I got a trip to an escape room. And that was really very interesting for me. Um, and, and a year later, um, I talked with somebody and I remembered so many things from the escape room. You know, numbers of combinations and locks and uh, how the room looked like and what the, the puzzles were like, what we had to do. And that was, and then I realized how big the the learning potential of the escape room is. And exactly in that time, I was setting up uh, this Key Action 2 project as a strategic partnership to people from Latvia and from Spain. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, and, and we said we want to do something about creative learning environment. Why not use uh, more creativity in, in creating um, interesting, uh, challenging um, learning environments um, where there's a lot of possibility for self-directed learning or other ways of learning. Um, but using creative creativity in, in the broad sense of the world, in all, all kind of ways. Um, and uh, one of the things we wanted to do, except for some research we wanted to do, we also wanted to um, implement some methods from each other, from uh, uh, participating organizations. But we also wanted to develop an educational tool. And then I said, 
well, this escape room, I think there is a big potential, which you can make as creative as you want. Uh, we wanted to do a cross-sectoral uh, project, so for schools, for youth centers, for youth organizations, for daycare centers, for people with uh, young people with um, um, diversity, um, yeah, all kind of young people. In the, and we, we think the escape room uh, could be transferred into a very interesting creative learning environment. Okay, so so you took one experience that you had that was memorable for you that sticked in your mind. You you saw the potential of it to be adapted to the pedagogical world, and then this this big project um, gave you the space to explore that. Yeah. Right? Okay, and, and how did you went about that exploration? So what did you do in the project with this idea of using escape rooms in pedagogical settings? Well, the first part of the project was uh, um, to develop a state of art. So we were looking a lot in what, what, create, what does it mean, creative learning environment? How does, it, how, does it, uh, how does policy documents look at it? How do people look at it? So we were interviewing a lot of uh, educators, so people in schools, in, in special schools, in daycare centers, in um, universities, in youth clubs, so all kind of educational uh, settings um, to define first what, what, what are the conditions for a creative learning environment, what does it mean for us. And that was our starting point, and from that we jumped into the, okay, how can we use this then for um, making... Uh, this escape room uh, or these escape rooms because there's not one escape room but uh, how can you use the concept of escape room to uh, to transfer this okay. mm -hmm. uh, I have one question uh, in your research to the, to the escape rooms did you find that uh, most of the retention of the information is due to the to the emotions related and how the emotions have an impact in memory uh no no we didn't research that what we what we found out but that's in the later research uh when we did escape rooms uh we did uh, or the university of lat Liga was doing a research on how people perceived uh this learning environment and then they had all kind of emotional um interpretations and you know positive negative how people felt if they felt responsible if they felt board this kind of um adjectives and uh, we have to say that the results were quite impressive like 85 percent of the people were explicitly saying it was very positive explicitly saying they're really responsible for their own learning they felt um uh, challenged they felt um active so all kind of um very positive outcomes uh, what they felt that people also can implement in their daily life. Okay, but so going one step back, um, when you did the state-of-the-art research about creative learning environments, you were trying to find out what are the conditions yeah. for, if I understood well, yeah, for, for a learning uh, environment to be creative and yeah. effective, I guess. Yeah. What what were the conditions that you, you, you came to discover were important? Well, we identified like five main areas uh, one was mm -hmm. the the uh, responsibility of the of the learner, so to leave um, responsibility to, to the learner, so to give space for learner to discover things by themselves, ask questions, 
um, not just replicate what the teacher said, what the educator says you have to do, but creating yeah. a space where, where uh, the responsibility um, can be given. And that also means that, yeah, educators have... So it, it's, the second part was then the role of the educator, which was also automatically... Mm -hmm. The educator has to let go of some things, so has to trust the the, the learner, but also uh, this question of and then how to support because you cannot leave. It doesn't mean that you're oh okay I'm not responsible, so I leave it to the learner. I create something and I leave. No, there's a support system. So that was the second one, mm -hmm. and then um, it was the physical space. So the materials you use, the room you use. Um, so it's really that can also really help this creative learning environment. To, to, if you yeah, if you can provide all kind of uh, materials where, where people can use their creativity and, and start to learn and get interested and inspired and triggered. And um, right. time was one, um, mm -hmm. and that was uh, a lot in in giving space because. Often the learning environments, the classical learning environments, is very limited. So you have half an hour of this subject, half an hour of, or 45 minutes. Everything very limited and uh, right. also immediately result-oriented. So if there's more space mm -hmm. in time where there's not always the deadlines and the stress, then that was, uh, um, that was very helpful um, or that was one of the conditions. And then... Um, the last one was learning together with others. So it's the synergy, teamwork. So, um, yeah, developing together, using also the resources of the group of people. So that was, let's say... The collaborative aspect. Yeah, collaborative um, aspects, yes. So use each other, learn together mm -hmm. with others. So it doesn't mean that in a learning environment, even if it's self-directed learning, doesn't mean that you have to learn alone. You can learn together with others. The only thing is that you decide for yourself the direction and, and when and how to learn together with others. And then when... Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So then... yeah. No, I just wanted to say, I said these elements, and, and, and it's, it's a bit strange because the escape room has design limitations. So that was the only thing that is officially not using the... But, and yeah, so we discovered also that, that this time limit sometimes can also be helpful for learning. So there's a bit of contradictory or mm -hmm. it has two ways. In, in, in a lot of ways, it's good to give space and sometimes to to put a, a bit of um, pressure or, or, you know, kind of challenge time-wise can also, yeah, mm -hmm. help motivation. So there we have this kind of double uh, feeling about this. Well, it, it's the, yeah. the importance yeah. of time. It's to take time as a strategic element and use it either to create this challenging approach or to let go of, of these constrictions and yeah, give enough okay. time for people to explore, but yeah. still to take it consciously. That's very interesting. So then, then you went, you moved on to exploring the potential yes. of escape rooms as a pedagogical. So what did you do? Uh, did you create escape rooms and tested? How, how did it happen? Well, we first visited in all countries, we visited a lot of escape rooms. So I think within the project, we have visited like 25 escape rooms to to collect, uh, not, wow. I mean, not everybody did all the 25, but we still, as a, in all the countries we went to look, and we used it as a discussion um, topic. So what works, what doesn't work. Um, the has some elements that we discovered every room has. 
So there's also already kind of the collaboration, for example, that is already there, uh, even in the, in the, let's say, the usual escape rooms. Um, so for, for us, the big question, the big research was what makes an educational escape room educational? So what is the educational element or educative okay. element of an escape room? What, why is it different from, let's say, the, the existing ones that are more leisure time uh, uh, escape mm-hmm. rooms? Um, so we had, uh, we visited a lot, uh, we discussed, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, what, what was helpful, what we saw. Um, then we had also an expert group. We had, uh, um, two experts, uh, three from, from each country, one expert, uh, that was helping us. And th- these are artists, um, from the Netherlands, it was an artist, um, from, um, uh, Latvia, it was also somebody who develops um, game projects, and from Spain, uh, mm-hmm. also somebody with big um, gamification background. So, um, art, art, and great mm-hmm. games. I think that was um, the expert, and then we developed mm-hmm. also. And they were, had, had an interesting question: What are the limits? Does the neighborhood need mm-hmm. to have walls? Uh, you know, why is is the time really limited? Or uh, you know, these philosophical questions that you uh, automatically you have mm-hmm. to step out of the box with your thinking. Um, that helped. And then we started to develop yeah. uh, escape rooms in a training course. So in, in, the, in my village, we uh, did four escape rooms. In um, an elementary school, in a second special secondary school for people with a learning use center and in a day center for people with uh, disabilities. Um, and yeah, in four teams they were developing it, and then. Uh, and who is developing it? Youth workers, young people, you guys. Who is developing it? It was a part of the training course, so it was it was educators. I would say educators, because it was uh, we had uh, uh, principals, we had uh, a lot of teachers from all the countries, uh, we had youth workers, um, we had people who uh, worked with young people in service groups. Uh, people from democratic school, people working with young people with with disabilities. So uh, we had a quite broad, and so we make mixed groups, and they they were developing these escape rooms um, together. It was kind of laboratory. Yes, it was. I have one question. What what are criteria to to when when you start to see the the escape rooms that you saw that were educational? What were the criteria that were different from the just fun or not so educational ones. Yeah, what we we have defined a few things uh, um, in our let's say in our research um, and in a development. Um, one is um, well the cooperation, but that the cooperation is there. But um, to make a broad variety of puzzles, we encountered quite a lot of escape rooms where they had very much uh, mathematical. Uh, things, for example, mm-hmm. um, that's not very inclusive. Then you have uh, so what? What to make the the tasks or the things we have to discover or do as broad as possible. For example, you also have people who are not the fastest, you know. And of course, in the escape room, mm-hmm. on the time pressure, it's very good if you have people who are fast thinkers and come up with fast solutions. For example, very nice to have also one game, one task where you need patience. So it's not that the fastest 
uh, or the more slow thinker is not able to to go with the other ones. But yeah, then you take advantage of somebody who's a bit slow, has the patience to do things. So kind of make mm-hmm. the task as broad as possible, so everybody is. Uh, you can include as everybody. So that was one of the things, and that is a very aware process. I think it's very different from, uh, let's say, the usual leisure time um, escape rooms. Um, mm-hmm. The other one that we discovered uh, was the topic. So uh, usually the escape rooms is, is just very general gaming things, so, uh, Russian spies, uh, a bomb exploding, uh, somebody murdered, uh, historical time machine, whatever, these kind of things. And uh, mm-hmm. we did uh, an escape room on um, autonomy, an escape room on homosexuality, uh, this kind of topic. So you can use um, educational topics. But for example, later in the school, after this, what we they did um, one escape room in an elementary school in Latvia where they did an escape room to, co- to combine the subjects. They didn't like that they had biology and history and okay. every, everything separate. So they, they made uh, an escape room where they can use all together to, to link the subjects together. So that was, for example, for them, an educational uh, um, subject. Um, so that's... So you can, use, you can use an escape room to tackle virtually yeah. any topic that you yes. want to have a conversation about, right? Or, or even to mix topics and to show the, exactly. the connection between the topics, if, if yeah. like complexity or this idea that things yes, are interconnected. Exactly. And one, one uh, thing that I, I just wanted to say about this, what is the difference? One of the things we discovered is the, is the debriefing. So what, one big difference is when you go to a normal escape room, you just leave the room and then you go home and you said nice it was nice to do this this was a challenge and that's it but in a um, educational escape room we think it's very good to 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 talk with the people who did the escape room why what did you discover for example this this what we did about homosexuality it's very nice because people at the back at the end said well i never thought about homosexuality in this way they they just discovered the life of a, 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 a young person who just um, discovered that he was gay, uh, you know, in a way of diary. And so they get into a personal story of somebody who just just discovering. And so in that case, they were going in what kind of room? So they were discovering about a person's a life story, let's say, but what what was the room about? No, it was, was actually it was the school? office of a youth center, but it was completely transformed into a party place uh, because we were uh, when we entered, uh-huh. um, then uh, yeah, the the educator were uh, waiting for us, and they say that it's a birthday party. A girl came to us and said the birthday party of a boy of her brother. Um, so it's a party, and yeah, you are the best friends, but her brother is missing. So and they ask us to help to, to find her brother. So we go into this party place, and we found out this is the diary where a lot of pages were missing, and we started to read, and there were some instructions. Uh, there was a first page of, yeah, I, I, this is my life, I have a good friend, so this kind of stories. And slowly, um, after each time we, we, we made some task, uh, we discovered new, new pages of the diary, found out some pages, 
and then more and more you get into the sleep um, of this boy, uh, yeah, finding out and having these feelings for his best friend, these kind of things. And then we had to discover where he is. We found, uh, yeah, we found uh, all the clues. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was the, so you went into this process of slowly discovering um, in this party, uh, in this party, um, that missing and you had to find him. But in the meantime, it was, it was, yeah, the story of his coming out, let's say. So, so you have a scenario in the escape room. So you, I guess you have yeah. a, a decoration in the room itself. Um, so people come in and they have the feeling or they can recognize yeah. they are in a party and there are these instructions and they start following instructions. And while following instructions, they have tasks. And by accomplishing these tasks, they get more clues that not only move them through the game, but give information yes, about exactly. the storyline. It can also be, I mean, it's not yeah. only a uh, very direct task. It's, it's also sometimes just some invitation that you put a sign somewhere or you put a question mark somewhere. So people have to really look around, find things, explore. It's really a lot about exploring. And, and then mm -hmm. you have to, yeah, you can give people the, 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 the possibility to link things together. Maybe you see somewhere a sign and then somewhere in one of the pages, this sign come back and then it says something. So I know what to connect. Um, for example, there was mm -hmm. an example I can say there was a dartboard and the dartboard had this darts uh -huh. in in certain points and they ha we had uh -huh. to use that to find uh a code for um a key uh for a lock normally you look okay. at a dartboard and okay. you don't make okay. this connection but suddenly there was a kind of link where you can see okay maybe the, the numbers on the dartboard is something you can yeah yeah mean something yeah okay so if a youth worker wants to start using escape rooms to discuss a topic, to have a conversation about something that, that or an educator or a teacher. Um, so uh, any educator that wants to start using this method, how um, can they start? Well, we have developed, uh, I mean, this two-year project also, it was very helpful because we have uh, developed quite a lot of material uh, on the escape room. Um, mm. And it's uh, it's public. We have done this project with public money, so it's so public and for free. Um, the, it's on the web project, which is called Looking at Learning. So the website is looking at learning.eu and there you have, um, okay. except for this research, which is background material, but uh, about the escape room, we have uh, a manual which explains a bit how we developed it and this, what makes the escape room educational uh, question. Um, then we have a tutorial of step-by-step, -step, like about 40 steps uh, way how to make an escape room. And if you go through it, it's, it's really helpful to, yeah, to ask question, who's your target group? What, they, what do you want them to learn? Uh, how do you want to set it up? What are, your, what are your possibilities? And then there's also some tips and tricks in it, uh, but also just a lot of questions. And I think about this or uh, that kind of things. And um, yeah, it's setting up and it's explaining things, monitoring, um, this question of when when do you step in? We said one of the things was how do you support mm. people um, as a, as an educator. So this question is here also. I mean, as an educator, you're outside of the room, but you're monitoring. And when do you step in? So that kind of are all all in the in the tutorial. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's very useful. You can download right. it for free, 
and then there's also uh, a toolkit where um, about 14 escape room developments are explained. So you have examples. So people can use these this escape rooms already. They can be inspired with those examples and, and adapt them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it doesn't say exactly how they make it, they, but it's more explaining what were the challenges, uh, what they did, what was their topic. But we have, to, yeah, it's it's more saying what kind of a diversity, because we have history, we have this uh, homosexuality, we have uh, alcohol abuse. So we have really educational topics uh, in the escape Fantastic. Rooms. This is really cool. Uh, we will put all the links uh, in the summary of the podcast as well. Um this is really, really nice. Thank you for explaining us the project and sharing these resources with youth workers. I think it can be really, really useful. And we finish our conversation. Uh, we have this tradition, you know, we always ask one guest to leave a question to the next guest. And uh, the mm -hmm. last guest um, asked, the question that uh, she had was, how can we involve young people uh, in policymaking? How can we make them more active? How can we make this connection better? Because it's a challenge. Would you comment on that? I know it's a very different topic right now, but how would you comment on that? The easy answer would be just where politicians and, and young people could do something together. <laughs> um, I, I, I can see it. I could see it. Uh, I think that's a, great that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe I can uh, you do something with it. <laughs> but, I mean, it, really, it could be. Um, yeah, I think um, <laughs> it's a lot about sensibilization of politicians um, and giving young people the, the empowerment or they have something to say. Um, and I think some we really think in big things that it has to be really big changes. You know, we have uh, to build whole structures, but often I, I, I feel that also little steps could, could help. Um, yeah, we did also some youth participation project where, where uh, young people, a website for young people in their town uh, on, on topics that were interesting for young people. Uh, what happens, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what is uh, out, these kind of uh, uh, topics that are really interesting. Um, and the idea was that politicians would also take a look sometimes website to see what's happening, what's on their mind. Um, mm. And yeah, for politician or policy makers I would say um, um, it would be nice if if the stereotype about young people would go away because uh, here in the Netherlands for example in many places still uh, young people is about the task for the for the youth worker is to get young people off the streets so they don't bother people and I think that's just not the right attitude young people are very useful right. are very uh, fresh new ideas um, they have a grandchild, and I think it wastes that we don't use young people in developing their own future. So I would say, I, I think for politicians, it would they would win situation. Right, if they use their, their stereotype as well. Good. Well, thank you for your answer, and you can have your revenge time now. What would be the question you leave for the next guest? Yes, that's a difficult. <laughs> um, for this one. Um, what do you think what young people really need nowadays? And, and, and yeah, I would, I would especially look at, at um, innovation. So what kind of, where should we really, as youth workers, for example, change our minds uh, to reconnect more to young people? 
what do young people need, uh, not what you, what do we think as youth okay. worker that they need, okay. but do we have an idea what they really need? That's a good question. Thank you very much, Gabi. It was a pleasure having you yeah, here. Thank Welcome. you very much. And good luck with your escape rooms. I hope you can escape them all and learn from them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will, for sure. Okay, bye. <laughs> and if you have a good one, now let me know. Okay. Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. We hope you didn't escape the room till the end of the episode. And that was the sixth episode of the Talking Newsworth podcast. Hope to see you in the next one. This podcast is funded by the Erasmus Plus Youth Watch program powered by Tim Maish and the editorial board of UMAC University of Applied Sciences. Kari Kero, Jarmo Roxa and Kristina Vesama with the support of all the Future Labs partners.